episode of Exploring Art Podcasts, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, David Eckes. I'm delighted Hi. to have Quinn Gillen and Dejana Jean. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcasts. In 1958, Alexander Calder's mobile Pittsburgh was donated by private collector to Allegheny County, Pennsylvania for installation in the Greater Pittsburgh International Airport. The mobile was originally black and white, but when it was installed, it was painted green and gold. The official colors of Allegheny County. Calder protested, but the work was not restored to black and white during his lifetime. Having already relinquished ownership of the work when it was sold to the collector, did Calder, as the creator of his work, still have a right to insist that it was not to be altered? Even if he did not, was it wrong for Allegheny County to alter his artwork against his wishes? Could we say that the artwork itself had a right not to be altered, regardless of whatever rights Calder or Allegheny County might have had? So, let's talk about Alexander Calder. Do you want to, do you want to start? Okay. Um, Dejana, do you want to start? With the first question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with okay. Alexander Okay, so the first question is looking up the history of Pittsburgh. I saw I read on Pittsburgh's quarterly.com that it has a rich history of innovation and technology and became known as the steel capital of the world. I found um from yeah, I found that um there are two rivers that intersect. They're the Algany River and the let me see how you pronounce it. Um, the Mon Mono Monongahela River. Um, the two the two rivers meet in Pittsburgh, opening up to the Mississippi and uh, making it accessible to the Gulf of Mexico. And the Allegheny River was make, uh, making coal trade and eventually steel trade um, very accessible to New York. So it's a very industrious city. They open railways and an international airport um, for trading and business. And the railway was established by Andrew Carnegie, who was a very big name and the steel father of the world, I guess. Yeah, so I also believe that um, it was a very in industrial uh, county. Um, it has lots to offer, like you said, the, the railroad that passed through and um, access to many rivers um, that lead to the Gulf. Oh, and there, there was a giant coal reserve um, in the intersection between the Algany River and the um, Monongahela Rivers. So mm -hmm. that was... Uh, like before the steel industry came through, it was already um, very popular. 
for yeah. for travel yeah it was growing in that way like at a very fast pace mm -hmm. okay um I think yeah let's what let's talk about um Alexander Calder so um Alexander Calder was born in July 22nd 1898 in Lawton Pennsylvania um growing up he studied um, at the Stevens Institute of Technology where he eventually um, earned his engineering degree so as you can see he was um, very interested in um, in pursuing um, engineering and studying that um, as long as 11 years old he was making sculptures like tiny ducks and dogs for his family okay I researched from Calder.org that after pursuing a degree in engineering, Calder chose to live his true passion of becoming an artist. One of his first sculptures was the Sir Kay Calder. Calder began to sculpt many of his portraits from wire, and in 1931, he created his first true kinetic art sculpture, sculpture which became known for, which he became known for since it was a new and popular type of art at the time. Yeah, I heard that, or I read that, um, I read that uh, he began his um, kinetic sculptures after visiting um, a popular artist, uh, Mondrian, um, his studio in France, and was inspired by his uh, abstraction. And that is what prompted him to um, create such intricate pieces of art that were non- non-representational in terms of how he was doing dogs, cows, ducks, and such. Yeah, you seem to have a really true passion for art. Mm -hmm. And design, and um, design for sure. And you can totally see his engineering background um, when you look at his steelworks. Yeah, especially the kinetic artworks. It Yeah, he was certainly a, a talented guy when it came to um, um, making things, engineering, and constructing things, even as a young age. So it's it was certainly his passion. Mm -hmm. And as for his art, yeah, he was making um, wire sculptures um steel sculptures some as small as um like your hand and then he and as he grew as an artist and grew as like grew older <laughs> um <clears throat> sorry as he grew older he began doing installations that were ginormous and are placed all over the world I saw some like at MIT some in uh, Germany like so he ended up like doing really well for himself and his abstract art. Yeah. Great. So our third question is, where is that Allegheny County? And Allegheny County is a county in Southwestern Pennsylvania. Okay. 
And Allegheny County is um, named after the Allegheny River and the Allegheny Mountains. So that's the history of that. Um, and uh, yeah, I looked up some of uh, Calder's mobiles and some that stuck out to me were, um, there was one, it was called the Chef. Sorry, it's it's right here. Um, Nope, I lost it. <laughs> Sorry. Did you did you guys uh take a look at his, some of his mobiles? I looked at some of them. Yeah, they're pretty interesting and unique. Yeah, he uses many shapes, and um, they're all a little bit different too. So he he like has like a theme for every single one. I like how they're all different, but he has a style. Like you probably can rec if you put all of them together, mm -hmm. you can tell it was made by him. Right. Um, I'm gonna pull one up. There was one called Smoke Rings that I found so interesting, and it, it reminds me of the Sam Cooke song. Have you guys heard of that? No, I haven't. Um, he is uh, like he's a jazz artist. Um, and yeah, I could like just see the inspiration with that. Oh yeah, I see. It can be easily pulled to make it three D. In kinetic. Okay. Um, yeah. They're truly beautiful. So, yeah. Um, and the greater. So let's talk about the Pittsburgh International Airport art collection. I researched okay. that this airport consists of various and diverse artworks from local and national artists to enhance the user experience for travelers who visit the airport, ultimately, become, ultimately becoming a large gallery space. They include plenty of local artists to showcase Pittsburgh's art scene and provide some sort of knowledge about the city. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, that also found the same thing. Um, I didn't, uh, I couldn't find so much about the history, um, but I did see that they evolved like into a newer art collective. So like recently, <clears throat> um, like involved in outreach and, um, like getting people involved in art. Um, just to touch back on his mobiles, um, I'm quoting it from calder.org. Um, the mobile functions as both a conductor determining the sequence and speed of the music as one of the instruments whereupon the elements are struck or played. So it, his art was even interactive um, in some, and this was Chef de, Chef de Orchestre um, in 1966. Uh, 10 years before he passed away so that was like some of his like advanced art um, and I, I find that really cool yeah that sounds cool I didn't know that yeah it's cool how his art was designed where um where he had two different kinds the non-kinetic moving and the kinetic moving art so art that um moved and um at one point his art wasn't even called mobiles they were named mobiles 
um, by Marcel Duchamp um, because of hence the, the motors function of the art. Yeah, I think with the mobiles, um, like he, I, I imagine that he was in Paris and um, meeting new artists and he showed them the design of his mobiles and he was like, oh, that's like a, that's like a baby's. That's like, cause the mobiles represent like, um, like when a baby has a crib and there's like a mobile, it's called, it's just called a mobile. And it's above the crib um, with like little trinkets and stuff and it rotates. Um, so I think that was like Duchamp's um, take on his art and he just really ran with it. Nice. Okay. I researched from the Met Museum that basically about Carter's mobiles that Carter cut sheet metal into various shapes and assembled these elements in a chain link system so that they are flat metal pieces that move in response to currents of the air. So basically they're his artworks which hang from suspended ceilings and move with the flow of air to create some sort of abstraction for people that are walking through it and underneath it and to kind of engage with it. Very right. cool. Okay, now let's go to One moment. Um, okay, so then I think we can lead into, um, so yeah, what is artwork collection to you guys? Um, yeah, what is artwork collection? What does a collector do? And what determines ownership of a work of art? I said that the artwork collection is an accumulation of works of art by a private or individual public institution. And the collector is a person who collects things of a specific type, in this case, the art and professionally, and professionally or as a hobby. And the ownership is the legal right to use, possess, and give away a thing. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think that um, thinking about like a collect or thinking about like an art dealer, a collector, um, there's such thing as art dealers that um, deal with the artist specifically. Um, and it's just like, um, it's just like a network of people that connect the, the artist to the dealer to the buyers. And so within that transaction, um, yeah, the art dealers represent the clients and they also represent the, um, the artists. Um, and with that, um, I think it depends, like whenever art goes into um, a collection or on loan, um, that means that there's like such a, there's a contract that goes into place where um, like if, if a piece of art is on loan, um, you would like imagine it's like um, uh, a museum in Spain wants a piece of um, Calder's work. And so they meet with his, one of his art dealers or, you know, just, you know, do their little connection thing. 
And then um, there's a contract signed that, that they will have this art until whatever date, and then it will move on um, to the next place or back to where it came from. So that would just mean that they are there to preserve the art, to keep it safe, and for it to be displayed um, to share it. Now that's different than ownership. When uh, when you have ownership, like you said, um, you determine who it goes to next. And can you remind me of what you said about ownership? I said ownership is the legal right to use, possess, and give away a thing. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think within those terms, um, uh, so we can talk a little bit about, um, or we can, yeah, I think we can wrap up with what we think about um, the final questions. Um, right. Well, sorry, before um, we do that, I want to touch on, um, I found this on um I found this on the US I, sorry I forgot it <laughs> I lost it okay it's congress.gov sorry um I found this on congress.gov it is the visual artist rights act of 1990 so this is something um that um this is something that passed um well after he had passed away in this whole situation was going down um and yeah so I just want to touch on um what it says it says that um visual the visual arts the visual artist rights act of 1990 and I quote or I I may not just quote, I may just not quote it um but it defines a work of visual art um and grants the author um the right to claim uh the work uh, when it's publicly displayed, independent, or of other exclusive rights. Uh, it also allows the author to disclaim or remove their name from the art if if the art har <laughs> excuse me, harms uh, um, his or her reputation and grants the author the right to prevent any destruction, distortion, mutilation, or any other modification that, and I quote, um, of that work which would harm his or her reputation or honor and that <clears throat> end quote that is from congress.gov um, telling us about um, the visual artist rights act of 1990 um, so yeah with that in mind that that is um that is a result of I that is a result of artists and their work being edited or uh, edited or uh, harming their name or um, yeah so that is a, a right to protect artists and their originally designed art. I like so, that you mentioned the copyright because that kind of goes into the same argument that I had to my conclusion about this case study, I said that the work should have not been altered because it ended up taking away the true purpose of his creation, which was to create an abstraction from his moving panels and being black and white. Although the artwork was sold and under a new ownership, the artist will always have the original copyright to a piece of work due to their legal moral rights. Therefore, it should have not been altered without the artist's approval. The copyright of a painting is not transferred when it is bought under new ownership. 
And I also read in chapter two of our textbook that about how the techniques used for art can really make it stand out. And I think that Carter Calder applied these techniques to make his art kinetic. This was destroyed when the Pittsburgh International Airport added too much weight to its sculpture when they changed the weight and added more colors. They added too much weight to the sculpture, causing it to be not so like kinetic anymore, which kind of defeats the whole purpose of his creation. And the black and white was to create a contrast and balance. And this was taken away when it was painted green and gold by the airport to match the colors of the Algany County. And readjusting the weighting, like I said, also ruined the original artwork, which interferes with the copyright of the artist, Alexander Calder. And I also wanted to mention, I found this kind of interesting. It was this connection I kind of made from reading our chapter five puzzles about art. Um, when I was reading it, obviously there was like a lot of different type of values that comes with art, like the ethnic and economic aesthetic values. And I took I took those values and I kind of like, I don't know, created it like with his art. And I said this chapter talks a lot about the different types of values that come with art. From Calder's perspective, the altering of the artwork may have taken away its aesthetic value since the whole sculpture was pretty much different from what he created. In his eyes, this could have seemed offensive. It had original value before it was changed, which ultimately took some of his value away, also legally. Right. I believe like <clears throat> it's great that we have these laws to prevent um, protect artists and um, so their their art is not manipulated um, and um, they're protected and uh, it can stay true to its uh, original style in the future. So it's very unfortunate that Calder's art was uh, manipulated because it wasn't initially designed that way. Yeah, and I yeah, I think that's really important to note because especially with the value and I think that back in that time of the 60s, they were more uh, concerned with the aesthetics of the design of the building and, you know, what everyone was traveling through. And I know, I believe that if you think of an artist of today, like Banksy, if we if we selected to have his art displayed in the Miami airport, no, they wouldn't, they would not even think to edit it. They would just be like, oh my gosh, we have Banksy in our airport. This is beautiful. And you know, just leave it and as it's respectful art. Um, so I don't think that they did they made those adjustments for harm. Um, but they I don't think at that time they understood understood the value and the integrity of the artist and they didn't really respect it either because it was against his wishes to mm -hmm. edit um but yeah so I I think that this is sort of like um yeah it it changes the value of the art and um it's sort of like a past problem like now we have these acts in uh it to protect artists so I don't see this as a future problem. However, I I don't think that they had the, I believe that they did not have the right to change it so drastically or really at all, and especially without his consent. Um, and after he protested that they change it back, they still didn't do it. 
be, because unless the artist specifically gave consent, then there is no reason to um, change it. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I also think like they weren't. They weren't trying to be selfish. I don't believe, but they were really thinking about like how I said earlier that airport is known to um, have local artists that represents Pittsburgh. So I believe they really wanted to just make the artwork like represent their city. But at the time, they may not have known how historical that art piece of artwork is because it is one of the most historical pieces of kinetic artwork. And now that it's been altered, it doesn't really feel so original because it's not the original work anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. right. So any other uh, closing thoughts? Um, let me, I just want to touch back on, I just want to touch back on the case study. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, I literally don't have a voice. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I, no closing thoughts from me. Same here. Okay. Well, Thank you for joining Dejana Jean, Quinn Gillen, and myself, David Eckes. I appreciate it. This concludes Exploring Art Podcasts. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon and remember to stay curious. Bye. <laughs>